Hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, welcome back for another one. Happy uh, May. June is coming up. This is your boy Church. And this is your boy King Jules, and you're tuned into episode 212 of the podcast. Mogul Talk, powered by Table Talk Radio. Yes, um, we're, we're here giving you that content, <laughs> giving you that business mindset from a millennial perspective. Uh, we appreciate each and every one of you tuned, who have been tuning in. And we have a really, really special guest this week. Um, I feel like this guest should have been on a wave she, a long she time ago. She Seriously. Um, she's more popping than our whole show combined. Um, just like not even yeah. mentioning her show, but just like in general. But um, no, I'm definitely super excited to have Simone Arrington here. The host of Bonnets and Durag, yep. the, the yep. founder and creator of the We Are We Met on Twitter Day Party. Um, super, super amazing person, great friend, um, entrepreneur, entrepreneur, woman inspiration, of woman of color, a sister. Okay, you know, um, making moves about. not only in her personal endeavors, but definitely mo- making moves around the corporate realm with her positions that she's held. So definitely a great person to have on the show today and to talk to us. I'm super excited to have yeah. you. Welcome, Simone. Thank you. Thank you. You give me so much credit. Like, oh my goodness. You gotta, I'm like, who that? She's so lit. Oh. <laughs> you so got to give credit where credit is Thank deserved. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Nah, totally. And, um, you know, sometimes, like, for people, social media can be a little deceiving and shit like yeah. that. Be like, oh, they only uh, see the highlights. But we all go through shit. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you, like, yourself be Ooh, going through shit. Yes. Like, talk about that, that, like, uh, all we see is the glitz and glamour for some people. Um, it may be accurate, but for a lot of people, it's really not, especially in 2019. That's right. Um, how, how do you cope with that? That's a really good question. Um, so I just really pride myself on being completely transparent. Totally. Um, and then also taking those breaks when I need to. Like, I don't post in my feed like that anymore. And it really, a lot of it has to do with me feeling like, oh, I don't have the content to like keep the flow going. But also like this idea of like feeling like I just need to post for that validation of likes. <laughs> like I, I actually now I enjoy really posting on my story because I get to be more engaging. It's, I get to post like funny memes or, you know, anything that I, that resonates with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, I just really pride myself on being transparent. And then in those posts that I do post on the timeline, I'm just really open about like what I'm going through in that mm-hmm. moment. Like oh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago, um, I had said something like, y'all, I'm having a pretty shitty week and this is what happened to me. But you know what? I know that this is like my period of ascension mm-hmm. and I need to like, you know, get in line so that way I can just kind of just propel into whatever God was asking me to um, step into. And then like that next week, I got a new job. So, yeah, so it's just like this, this, I'm, I, I'm, I currently am still feeling like I'm in this position of, um, transition, but you know, I'm just kind of going through the motions. I I definitely love the fact that you point out, I noticed this personally with your social media posting that, um, you're very, it's like, if you're, you're not posting unless you have something to say, Yeah. it's not posting just to say, you know what? I got to get this cute picture off. Like (laughs) this picture has been thought about there's some care going into it the caption is perfect you had the thought process going in you know what i mean i don't use face too okay oh that's beautiful i know you're lying but it's all good (laughs) (laughs) every girl got face on her phone Every, I, mean, I do I, have it. I've never heard of this thing. What does it do? Um, it literally anymore. lets you whiten your teeth. I think it's fly, actually. Yeah. Um, fix your eyes, fix your makeup, everything. Your it's lo- like I mini Photoshop. I, I, I but so the thing, okay, so I, I have a confession. I have used it in the past, but I don't use it on every photo. Okay. Um, But I think some people just get, do like, just go overboard with it because sometimes yeah. they just end up looking so cartoonish. It's <laughs> like... Your cheeks are not that rosy. And, and your, your teeth skin, are not that white. Your teeth are not that <laughs> Your skin doesn't glow that white. Right, but also, right. it's just like, I, I love interacting with people out social outside of social media because you see the real, peop- the real people. And, you know, e- even in the posting, like, the way that you communicate in, on social media is very conversational and allows a lot of people to have that space to kind of connect with you and like be very face level and make you feel like, yo, I'm your sister, but I'm also your auntie and I'm your cousin, and I'm your brother, whatever it may be, and have that open dialogue. And I think that's very necessary in the social media age because we always get fed content, 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 but there's no open dialogue. There's no, no realness. There's no Not honesty in telling the story. You know, that p- Instagram picture, you probably prepped that, took that time to like put that together. And that person is just throwing it up. And it's like, social media is meant 
yes, to show the highlights and to be, um, you know, show all the good things, but it's also meant there to be transparent because people go through real life shit on a regular, regular basis. You know what I mean? Like, for me, I go through real life shit, and you would never know it based off of like how I am on social I media. Know, like, yeah. I'm Mondays. motivational Mondays. You think that I'm happy go lucky, and I'm like yeah. the happiest person in the world. But sometimes, you know, I, I go through it too. And you know, like today for a really long time, like I've been trying to go to therapy for the longest. I've been Same. thinking about it, trying to see what is it about, trying to feel it out. And I found out today, my issue was like I wasn't trying to pay for a therapist if so I didn't yeah. need it. But then today I, I found out that my job offered like five free therapy sessions wow. on the company dime. And I was like, why didn't I do this earlier? And I'm just thinking about that, like, we need that level of transparency where people are connecting and telling true stories because you don't know how your story is affecting somebody else. Mm-hmm. Your story of you telling your journey about your career and the opportunities you're creating and saying, you know what? I failed. I honestly didn't succeed at this at first. And it took me a long time to get to this place. That's going to help somebody else to be like, you know what? That's me too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I failed too. And I'm connecting with your story. Yes. So I think that is super, super necessary. Nah, and especially with therapy. Um, because really what therapy is, is a really good listener. True. Um, right. They don't have the answers for you. You're going to unlock the answer yourself. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you really just need that person to dis- just bounce ideas right. off. Your friends just may not be that person. Right. Like if you tell me, yo, Kevin, I'm not... Uh, feeling that good I'm, I'm gonna be like Nah you good son I'm not gonna say that actually But most people will be like Nah you good you good Shake that off mm-hmm. um, You just need an unbiased person Exactly yeah. And professional So mm-hmm. like Based off like the people in your life Since you opened the door Unbiased person <laughs> Like Who's seated at your table Like who are the people That you surround yourself with Whether creatively Or personally Like who do you, you Who do you allow In your creative and mental space Yeah Um. So Primary I mean at a distance and physically, you know, my family, I really look to my mom and my dad and my sister for, like, guidance. Mm-hmm. Like, they're kind of like my soundboards in life, especially my mom. Um, same with my boyfriend, Davon. Um, it's this kind of thing where I kind of bounce ideas off of him or any mm-hmm. kind of exciting news that I have or anything that, you know, I'm going through. I always, like, share it with him. He always just seems to be that person to, like, push me and motivate me and support me through no matter what. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I have a great group of friends, too, who are also my, you know, my sounding boards and my support system. Um, For me, my love languages are um, words of affirmation. Mm -hmm. Um, So being able to share whatever it is that I need to share with my family and friends or loved ones um, and them, you know, supporting me in that way or encouraging me or affirming me Mm -hmm. is how I feel fueled because I don't need to, I don't, thrive when I'm around people who are judgmental, around people who um, are disrespectful, Mm -hmm. or what have you. Um, There was a meme that I saw a couple weeks ago that said something like, um, I can take a joke, I just can't take disrespect disguised as a joke. Mm. And I realized that there was a lot of people in my life in the past who were treating me as such. Totally. Like, who would just joke around, like, make fun of me, poke fun at me, whatever, bring me down in the form of, oh, you're so sensitive, you know we just playing. But mm-hmm. no, you're blatantly disrespecting me, but you want me, you want to mask and it And if they said such. that in front of you, imagine what they say behind you. Right, mm-hmm. right. So, I mean, as I got older, I started to realize, like, okay, I don't have to do this drastic thing of cutting people off and be like, bitch, you're done, uh-uh, I don't want to be friends with you anymore. But just kind of like taking it back like kind of stepping back um and so for me one thing that I noticed is I'm a I would say like I'm an introvert and extrovert and but first more so introverted and I realized that like I need a lot of time to recharge and so there are some people that I can just literally just only take in doses like I can only hang out with you for one day and then maybe let's just not talk for the next week I can catch up and be like oh my god yes I missed you you know (laughs) like so there I do a lot of that in the sense of like self-care it's not anything personal to anyone it's just that I just need moments to like kind Mm -hmm. of recoup um so I mean I think that kind of answers your question no it definitely does answer your my answer my question um I definitely, to, to piggyback off of that, I think you got to be, like, very selective with your energy and, like, yeah. who you give your energy to. Um, you know, you mentioning your friends, you know, like, making fun of you and disguising jokes as, like, you know, direct attacks. But that happens a lot of time and, like, power of, of life and death is in the tongue. You know what I mean? If you got somebody mm. consistently spitting negativity at you and making jokes at you and making fun of your life, it's like... What what do you one what are you getting out of that right. for one realistically speaking like do you feel good after you made that joke or you made that smart comment 
And then how do you think I feel because you brought me down in the process? And I'm here in the way that my energy is, I'm trying to build up everybody around me. You know what I mean? I see every person in my life, whether they're friends, family, colleagues, or, you know, acquaintances, I'm always going to find a way to kind of build you up and encourage you and help you. Mm-hmm. And if you're always finding ways to kind of bring me down and I'm, I'm, we're fighting this battle of like good energy and bad energy consistently, one, one of them got to give and I'm yeah. not going to give up my energy, you know, for anybody. So exactly. you got to give up your energy. And that's kind of where you got to step away from certain people and remove certain people at your life and like kind of make that decision. Like, you know what? Maybe it's best that we kind of step away from each other and kind of yeah. have that space. Not because I don't love you and I don't care for you, but like your energy and minds are not aligning right now. Exactly. And people don't realize like every separate seven years we grow as people. You yeah. know what I mean? So like so what I thought was cool and funny seven years ago is not cool and funny at 25 you know what i mean so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. seeing that progression and seeing the people that come in and out your life consistently that's kind of why it happens you know and it's okay for you to let go of people who aren't progressing at the same rate too definitely i feel like sometimes people feel guilty and the fact that like oh you know but we've been friends since we were two Mm -hmm. longevity means nothing i have people who i may have never even met but have been friends with on social media or are new friends that have been better friends to me than some of my oldest friends mm-hmm. they've been friends with you for what 15 exactly. 20 years even when it comes to family um they might be the people who hate on you the most um i have a friend she just told me today uh her mom sister after 20 years told her that she slept with her ex-boyfriend nah you lying <laughs> you lying <laughs> and i'm like and i'm like I'm like, damn, you should have took that shit to the grave. Really, though? That was unnecessary. <laughs> 20 years that's, ago? That's a conversation where, like, your sister's in the casket, God forbid, and you're like, I slept with so-and-so. <laughs> I needed to get that off before <laughs> before you go. Um, but speaking of, like, cutting people off, Lena Waithe, you know, everybody knows. Uh, she runs a shy on Showtime. Um, what's his name? Jason Mitchell? Jason Mitchell. Jason yeah. Mitchell. He was recently let go for sexual misconduct. Um, but see. Season one, um, with his co-star, mm-hmm. they had a little situation and HR had to deal with it. Lawyers had to get involved and it got, it got handled. Mm-hmm. Lena Waithe was like, are you cool to stay? She's like, yeah, we're cool. We're cool. We're cool. And he did it again. Yeah. And now he's cut off his Netflix show. Um, the MTV special. It took everything. away his nomination yep. from the BT or whatever. His agency dropped him. Dropped him. So that's, you know, a point yeah, where she was like, okay, maybe at first I forgave you. But, but now, now you got to deal with this, and I got to cut you off. Yeah. You're not once, growing. You're not shame growing. Shame on you. Yeah. Um, and um, this is, you know, uh, I don't know where we're at. I don't know if I sounds like I'm acting. No, no, you're not. Right there. Um, no, I totally, under, uh, I totally agree. Like, it's crazy to think that, like, they were on the show for two seasons, um, and this was the type of behavior that was happening. And it wasn't anything crazy, like, as in, like, rape or anything aggressive like that, but just a very sexual sexual misconduct, being inappropriate in the workplace. And that's a super, super sensitive topic in, in general to talk about. Um, it was even gotten as bad to the point where... Um, her boyfriend, I'm just going to reference her character name on the show and her boyfriend's character name on Dear White People. Her boyfriend, Reggie, from Dear White People, um, was coming up to the shy set and was really, like, checking them, making sure, like, she's really good because she was so uncomfortable with what was going on that he had to come there on a regular basis. And you know what I mean? And, like, why, why you got to fumble the bag like that? You're wildin'. Um, and it makes us look bad, you know, people of color, because we got to work ten times harder hundred times hard to even be put on that pedestal. Exactly. You know, they're lucky Lena Waithe was a person of color. She has to she, be She was being the showrunner. Um, right. But, you know, season one, Showtime doesn't give you all of the liberties you want. You know, we're going to give you a test. This is mm-hmm. her first show. Now on season three, they see it's doing amazing. She has more leeway. Mm-hmm. But we, you got, y'all can't be wilding. Yeah. I mean, he's not the first one to do this. Like, nah, if you think of nah. Isaiah Washington on Grey's Anatomy, Columbus Short on, on um, Scandal, this, like, this group of brothers that keep fumbling the bag, especially <laughs> actors that just make stupid-ass decisions to affect their careers, you know what I mean? It's like, dude, Isaiah Isaiah Washington, he got kicked off the show because he made um, gay, slur. gay slur to his co-star. Columbus Short got kicked off the show because he was beating his wife. It's like, Ugh. why can't people in Ugh. positions of power Pussy. just Disgusting. do, just look, be in power, be successful, be normal. Yeah just, yeah, just just be normal. Right. Why do you got to go and act a fool? We're black, okay? Right. They already expect us to act a fool. Like, yeah. don't do anything else stupid, you know what I mean? 100%. I can't. I can't stand that. It's and because of all that, both of them aren't coming back. No, you know. And now, what are they going to do with season three? You know, there's other characters on the shy, 
Um, but she got to switch. It's, it's also disappointing because it, it messes her up because you don't know how long it took her to get that show. How many times she had to meet with the Showtime heads and to pitch it to these, these different people and hire the writers. Like you've messing that up being the main character of the show. Now you, the main two characters are going to go and then just kind of create mm-hmm. that separation. Mm-hmm. That's messed up. And, you know, Lena is the face of it, even though she has nothing to do with it. Yeah. Um, She's there, I guess, but she also has another 10 shows that she's working on. So she's always running around. Mm-hmm. She's just like the executive producer of it and director. Yeah, she just needs to Aunt Viv the situation. Definitely Aunt Viv the situation, <laughs> honestly. That's right. But, I mean, Aunt Viv, I thought was a kind of weird change. The only good change, I think, is my wife and kids. No, hey. it wasn't. They were both, they were, I don't know, it's always the system of, like, switching Wait. a light-skinned person with a dark-skinned person or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Aunt Viv was dark-skinned to a sw- light-skinned girl. Haley was dark-skinned, got switched to a light-skinned girl. If you looked at Mixed-ish, well, it's the only a positive reversal is that her light-skinned mom is now dark-skinned in the new Mixed-ish oh, season. Yeah, yeah. So it's, like, it's a little bit better, I guess. Very odd, very odd. Very odd. It's different. I mean, she had maybe she had a really dark tan. How, how you feel about up. like um, Blackish having like two more spinoffs, like with, one with mixes? You think it's a story worth telling? Um, I personally think that mixes should be. Um, I mean, a, we care a, about a movie, say, maybe a movie, like yes, a special event. I'm kidding. <laughs> But my brother's light skin. Like, don't talk about that. Right. I know. Light skin guy. Light skin guy. You don't want to be cared about? You're the light skin face. Nah, of course. But, um. Nah, he's feel, Colombian. Don't let him feel I feel like, like, I feel like sometimes, um, like people make fun of light skin people, like Logic. But, yeah. uh, not light skin, but mixed people. Yeah. Um, but people won't make fun of J. Cole or Drake. Um, some people make well, fun people of Drake. People are making like fun of Drake. It's an open room to make fun of Drake. But yeah. Drake's the number one artist of all time. Everything that is just so you can um, it. Yeah. But yeah, no, but I think there's like a spectrum of like your blackness. Like, Facts. Mm-hmm. J. Cole like is like literally at the end of like, yeah, I'm super black, but obviously my mom. I know, like, know my mom was white. Yeah. Um, and then you have other people on the other end of the spectrum. But you, could, mean, t- yeah, you could tell J. Cole's black. Exactly. He got the dreads. Oh, I, yeah. f- I feel like the, the, the kind of litmus test is like where you fall in your place in the culture. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, J. Cole and Drake, they're really submerged in the hip black community Mm -hmm. culture versus like Like Logic or Meghan Markle. They like Mm -hmm. on a tippy toe of being black, but they also like on a tippy toe of being white too. I am almost convinced that Meghan Markle probably doesn't consider her. No, I know she doesn't consider herself a black woman. No, she She doesn't. I thought she she said she does. Oh, she said No, she said she considers herself a Meghan. But see, I personally think that. Is that a race? Can you write that on the. Yeah, on the yeah. isn't it like multi-ethnic or multicultural? Mm-hmm. I think so. Okay. Yeah, 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 okay. but it's, I feel like what you identify as more like I if I was in that predicament, I would say I am black because three fifths black rule. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if you go and do the paper bag test, somebody's gonna say, you know what, you're actually black. You know what I mean? So I feel like for me, that's kind of my way of kind of totally. just understanding it. Yeah. But yeah, like we're still getting stopped by the police. Yeah, no, right. no matter what, you know, just because you got nice hair and you can kind of like. T- tippy toe on the spectrum doesn't mean that you're, yeah. you shouldn't be identifying as black. But back to the mixed dish um, conversation, I I really think it's important for us to tell those stories of mixed people because it really is a, an accurate representation of what like our community looks like anyway. Sure, there are so many people in this country who are of mixed descent or mm-hmm. mixed race, um, and it kind of makes me feel like the people who are against mixed dish like airing mm-hmm. makes it seem like they want to silence that story. Yeah, true. So, and, it, and it's crazy because it's like, you know, we have Tracy Ellis Ross, who everyone literally, like, drools over. Hell yeah. But then you're, like, also saying, no, nah, I don't want to hear your story about how mm-hmm. you came up. And, I mean, obviously, like, Bo's story and Tracy Ellis Ross. are totally like, different. Yeah, they're yeah. totally different. Your mom's Diana Ross. But <laughs> that experience of living life on not knowing, like, you know, which ethnic group you should should be identifying True. with. And honestly, really, realistically speaking, like... In the black community, there is a d- lot of dilution that we don't like to talk about, and we kind of like don't ignore it. You know what I mean? Like, Please elaborate. Um, Tell you. Realistically speaking, like if you saw me and my brother stand next to each other, obviously we look exactly alike. Mm-hmm. But by skin complexion, if you see pictures of him from a baby, you would have thought that my brother was like fair or white in comparison. Where is that that level coming from? Because he's fully black, yeah. both black parents. So, and think about like the light skin community versus the dark skin community. There's a lot of dilution that happens because in uh, the whole like black community in general, 
there's been many a times where slave masters were raping slaves and you have a dilution and that's why your mother came out light skinned and that's why the lineage for like going down is why is that that happens realistically speaking um and then also some people come out darker it's not like a guaranteed color but like the reason why you come out light skinned and not completely dark the way that you're supposed to because you are black mm-hmm. is because of that level of dilution so mm-hmm. it is even though it's a story that some people don't want to hear i think it's the story that is also necessary too because of the fact that like there are black people just you got a light-skinned cousin that if you trace back their lineage there is a white person that kind of diluted their lineage and like changed their court their course of path um to make them black you know what i mean and that's even though they don't identify as mixed that their light-skinned nature makes them mixed by you know definition somewhere down the line there's Somewhere another thing right. we need to stop doing in 2019. Not saying that you two do it, but stop asking people who you find remotely attractive mm-hmm. what they're mixed with, especially mm-hmm. a person of color, especially you, a black person. If you're like, where are you from? Uh huh. Um, be like, I'm from African descent. Stop lying. Right, mm-hmm. and then I'm until black. you're like, oh well, my grandma is Cherokee, and they're like, oh yeah, I see like, it. Stop oh, I knew it. <laughs> whatever the other race or ethnic group as aside like, from black, beauty, yeah. as the standard of beauty, mm-hmm. like oh that makes so much sense why you're so cute. Yeah, like no, that's just rude, that's disrespectful. Stop mm-hmm. asking. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I personally don't see a problem asking someone where they're from in terms of like country, mm-hmm. just because it's like you want to just know their culture. Yeah, yeah. But stop asking in the sense of like oh I'm trying to confirm why you're so attractive. True. There could only be this way right. way that, that you're attractive. Right. It's fine. I feel like now nowadays more often is that there's more of like a space where we want to know a person's origin, especially in our generation. Yeah. Well, the older ge- the old the older generation they didn't really care about this, but it's more common in like conversations where you're like, oh, like what are you? What is your your nationality, your ethnicity? And that's kind of our conversation starter mm-hmm. to see. Oh, is there a connection? Like yeah. I like. I'm going to ask Kevin, what's his ethnicity? And he's saying Colombian. And you could be from, like, the West Indies. And I could be just, like, straight up, well, which I identify as Southern Black because I don't know my lineage. Um, But that's kind of your point of conversation. But I feel like that's more normal, like, in today's society that we're asking, like, what are you? Because there's so much cultural pride that goes along with that. True, definitely. And I appreciate the the level of cultural pride in our community, like, younger generation Mm -hmm. these days. Nah, hell yeah. I mean, unfortunately, like, it was stripped. From your last names were taken away um and now but there is such a you know beauty beautiful culture that came way before that the reason salsa exists is because of african music and the drums mm-hmm. right. but um that those instruments were taken away from the slaves and that's mm-hmm. why yeah. um and it's just all got now. lost yeah. but we, we lose our culture so much and that's why hip-hop was created With though everything you know i just learned that punk was made by black people let, let, come on, I'm, I'm going to give you the little background because I love this. Okay? <laughs> Don't get me started. Don't get me started. Wise, we every, everything. Every modern everything. level everything. of music and culture is created by black people. The black experience influenced so much. Um, if you really think about it, even going back to like slavery, um, because on the cusp of slavery was when the end of the classical period was. And that's where there was more incorporation of different like sounds and rhythms into music and the classical music because they, the slaves were bringing over the drums and they were beating. So that's why you heard more rhythmic, rhythm in classical music over time. Fast forward to modern day century, you think about it, jazz. The, the essence of jazz came from impressionism and, you know, this like, uh, like, um, what is it? Like avant-garde sound where that jazz was birthed. And we took it. We made it our own. Credit Scott Joplin for creating ragtime, created jazz. Then jazz led into the birth of all of the subgenres in jazz that led to rock. Mm-hmm. And then rock took the basic patterns like of jazz and then formulated that into early punk, early grunge, or early dark music because it was more political. It was more meant to be like, we hate the culture, we hate that Elvis and white people took our rock sound. And we're trying to do something different and kind of give it a new edge. And then you got punk. And then punk inspired hip-hop because punk, the essence of punk, is what hip-hop is. It's that youthful exuberance. It's that going against the grain, the rebellion. Hip-hop, we birthed hip-hop. R&B was always there. R&B is also a derivative of jazz, obviously. Um, But then R&B evolved into hip-hop and jazz. Um, and you come combine both of those together and you got modern day R&B. You got con- con- continued progression, pop music. But jazz was pop music. Then mm-hmm. rock became pop music. Mm-hmm. Then hip hop became pop music. Then you had pop, which was the boy band sound, which we also located. 
the Temptations, mm, the, the OJs, the Jackson Five. Then white people started to get in their own groups together, and then new, new kids s- on the new block. kids on the block. That name, new edition. Itself. You know yeah, what I mean? Like really, this is like a crazy progression. You know? <laughs> Come on, teacher. Yeah, no, you know, it's, I, I just I hate it because it's like so much of our culture is robbed and stripped of us, and they don't ever want to talk about it. And I, I'm just talking from a musical perspective. But the thing but is, to, you know, we're so accepting of other people into the culture. You know, mm-hmm. I, I.e. Lil Nas X getting on the country thing and they want to oh, get rid of it. that makes me so happy. But yeah, you got Marshmello, some white DJ who has a song with Tyga and Offset and it's on... And it's on they're playing concert. it on 197 and mm-hmm. 105.1 yeah. right now. No problem at all. Yeah. Um, even Diplo, he'll be on the hip-hop charts with a song mm-hmm. with Travis. No problem there. But as soon as Lil Nas X, one song, that's something you could just let pass by... Which you doing that probably caused it to get even bigger. Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. I think yeah. I credit that to segregation because in even in music, music one has no color. You know what I mean? There's no, yes, there's culture in music, but music doesn't have any color. That's why there's black people who are doing country music, which we started. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, but I feel like the reason why we're so accept, so accepting is because of the fact that in our culture, we have seen for generations where we were the other. And we don't ever want people to feel like the other. And that's why yep. we're so accepting when it comes to the cookout and come the people who are trying to understand our culture and appreciate our culture. We're like, you know what? We appreciate you for understanding and respecting us. So we're going to be a more accepting of you. And we're not going to ever make you feel like the way we feel and feel like the outsiders. You know what I mean? So we're going to give you this chip and say, you know what? All right, you're doing this. You appreciate in the culture. You're doing something in the right way. Okay, we're accepting of you. But we're also getting the same backlash when it's we're doing the reverse. Mm-hmm. And it's something that we created. Yeah. We created country. So why is, it, why is it the issue that he's doing this in just a different way? You know yeah. what I mean? And I, I personally think it's great because... Rap music is dying, in my personal opinion. Trap is really? dying, and because trap, there's no, trap, 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 there's no, there's no yeah, yeah. innovation. We're in peak trap. We're in peak trap. It's definitely actually, peak trap. I would say we're in falling mm-hmm. action right now. Yeah, yeah. We're in falling um, action. yeah, yeah. There's there's no innovation. There's no longevity in where the rap culture is mm-hmm. right now. It's very, like, um, style. For the most popular artists, and realistically speaking, everything sounds exactly the same. And mm-hmm. anytime that exactly. everything sounds exactly the same is when something is about to die, and then you got that new person. Yeah. You got that new sound that is about to come up and then it's going to evolve. I personally projected this a while back that Latin music was going to be the new sound, going to be the new popular music, primarily because it never really got its shine on a major stage. But like because of its evolve, um, it had its little moment. Like, it did. Gasolina. Gasolina. Yeah, reggaeton. But, but it died. But it was never popular music. It wasn't the main standard nope, of popular right. music. Right. Yeah. You got like different sounds like ballet funk. You got, um, you know, reggaeton. You got Cardi B and Bad Bunny kind of setting the example of being on a major stage. You have Jay Balvin on DJ Khaled's new album. You know, mm-hmm. and that we haven't had, we haven't, I'm saying we because Latin culture is also a part of black culture 100%. and Afro-Latinos. 100%. Um, we haven't had somebody on that level of pop culture since maybe... In the in general, on that level, maybe Selena. You know what I mean? Like we've had Fat no, Joe, we Pitbull, R- 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 but but like on J-Lo. where everybody is like resounding, like Pitbull. Yeah, Pitbull. But he, he, he switched up kind of. I was gonna say he made an early transition to pop. Though. Yeah, like old pop. He knew he was like he that's was where doing, the money yeah. is. I'm gonna go there because he's a he did a John Legend. There's videos yeah. of him in high school freestyling, uh-huh. like you know hood with the bandana on, like he's going in, and now he's Mr. Worldwide. Yeah. It's three hundred five. <laughs> Florida? No, 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 Florida no, no. doesn't count. Yeah, no. Florida's pop too, though. No, that's a fucking. Also, movie. I definitely progress. Um, predict that R and B is also going to take a huge forefront um, because we haven't had a really good so R and B. It's popping right, right now. Sound right now it's pop and R. Actually, alt R and B. Not R and B. Alternative R and B to be specific. That's fucking Pink Sweats, Ari Lennox. Not oh, even even like more alternative. Like, they're not even alternative. Like, like I'm talking Lucky alternative, like, you're talking like, like Kalela type. Yeah, yeah, like really like alternative where it's like still ver- on a verge of rock, like yeah. hiatus coyote type okay, okay. Like, alternative. Yeah. And hell yeah, I'm I'm here for it. I mean, yeah. I, I can't I'm here wait. For it. Um, all right, so like piggybacking, we kind of got off track, but I love the dialogue oh, good, that oh, we good. had. Um, <laughs> Is that mobile talk? <laughs> so I just want to ask you. a couple more questions. So. Um, can you talk to us about what do you do? Like, out, like, what is your personal 
you know, accomplishments as a creative entrepreneur, because that's what I'd like to define. Mm-hmm. That's also my new word, um, creative entrepreneurs. Stay tuned for my um, book club oh. for creative entrepreneurs. <laughs> I'm, I'm about it. to start it I'm here very soon. Um, yes. But um, what do you, how do you, what do you do as a creative entrepreneur and on a personal level and on a business level in terms of your, like your job and stuff like that? Yeah. Um, so personally, um, I have the podcast, Finance and Durags, the mm-hmm. Philosoph podcast, um, where we have open and intimate conversations with millennials of color. And much like what you were saying earlier about having that like real dialogue and that opportunity to have those real conversations, that's why I started the show. Mm-hmm. Um, because I realized that we spend so much time on the internet going back and forth with strangers Mm. about our opinions. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I wanted to take those conversations offline and really kind of unpack some of the reasoning behind why you may feel some way or why, how you've grown up or what have you. Mm -hmm. So I've been having that, I've been running that show for what, about two years now? Since 2017. We was at the two year anniversary. It was lit AF. Thank you. Thank you. I can't wait to have another one. Yes. Um, Yeah. So no, the the show has been going really well and we actually just released an episode today. I'm saying we, it's me. I. No, you got a team. You got a team. You got to support the culture. Yes. Yes. No, I do have an amazing social team. Um, So yeah, so we had an, we dropped an episode today about mental health. We really unpacked like self awareness and self harm, mm-hmm. and just being vulnerable and like kind of breaking that stigma of what therapy means in the Black community. Mm-hmm. So like to me, it's just like I the podcast for me really makes me feel full mm-hmm. because I get to have those those kinds of conversations and that dialogue that I nor- normally wouldn't have outside of my show. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't really have that dialogue in like at work mm-hmm. or even sometimes amongst my friend group. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really important to me and that's something that like is at the forefront for me as a creative entrepreneur um my side like my side hustle my part-time job i work with the creative collective nyc Mm -hmm. which is the fastest growing um, organization for creatives of color definitely check them out yeah the creative collective is super dope we um have like three to four events a month Three, yeah, three to four events a month, and we also have our big marquee event called Culture Con mm-hmm. in October. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the work that I do um, currently is for our community event side is helping like to ideate around what our next like upcoming events are, mm-hmm. um, and doing the logistics and the volunteer outreach. But then also I'm working on the talent and outreach team to help with programming and workshops mm-hmm. for Culture Con. So it's really exciting stuff. Like some of the people that we've worked with in the past are like Netflix and HBO and who else? It's just all of like the, and Nike, and like all mm-hmm. the big brands. Char- like, Charlemagne was at the Char- last yeah. Culture Con. Mm-hmm. Yep, Charlemagne was there. So this, i.e., this means that Simone is big time, so you should no, definitely pay her, what, pay her her worth. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The rate, the rate, the rate is worth it. So the when you when you see out. the inv- invoice, <laughs> don't question like, damn, why is it so expensive? Like this is worth it. You know yes, what I mean? Thank you, thank you, thank <laughs> you, my honorarium. Okay, no, okay. Um, no, so yeah, I have a lot going on. Um, and then like my professional world, um, I currently work as a social media, social content marketing manager mm-hmm. for Verizon Media, um, and I manage the um, Huffington Post, Yahoo, and AOL accounts. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty much just paid marketing um, and paid advertising. Oh. Um, and so, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, it's not like super like exciting work, mm-hmm. but it's what the crux of digital marketing is. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, so being able to amplify the content that is created on those those pages yeah. and getting it, getting it out to the masses is what I do on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. And it's like really interesting because I just moved to, well, I'm saying just, but I moved to New York, well, New York City in 2017. And I started as a receptionist because I had this idea to work for an agency and start an account management after a year. Mm-hmm. And I had manifested this whole idea of, I want to work in digital marketing and all that stuff. I started taking, like, some online classes. Like, not through a school, but, like, through, like, a little... There's website. a lot of re- yeah, literally, resources out there. Google is your friend. Udemy is your friend. YouTube is your friend. Um, so I learned a lot through that. And then I kind of just started perusing the job market. And I found um, a content marketing specialist job at Island Digital. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got that job. And I started working there in February 2018. And in six months, I was promoted to uh, marketing manager. Mm-hmm. And so I was uh, managing um, our pop culture brands, which are Bossip, which everyone knows and loves, Hip Hop Wired, and Global Grind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I decided to leave that job to be transparent just because I didn't see longevity in it totally. and I didn't see security. 
Um, but it was everything that I would have wanted out of a, working for a black company. Because mm-hmm. I always told myself, I want to work for a digital marketing company and I want to be black owned. Mm-hmm. And God was like, oh, heard you, sis. Got you. And gave me, like, packaged a job and gave it to me. Blessings. Um, super blessings. So, yeah. Um, but it just I just wish that it would have worked out. Mm-hmm. So, I kind of feel like I had to take a leap to get something a little more secure. Oh, yeah. I secured a bigger bag, which mm-hmm. is great. But I kind of feel like the company is just so big that I just kind of feel like a little ant in like a this number. whole little yeah, yeah. I feel like a number so that currently I'm just kind of dealing with not really having that creative range to do mm-hmm. what I want in my workplace mm-hmm. but then what I'm doing outside of work helps fulfill that yeah so, and you have that, that balance yeah for sure which is necessary mm-hmm. oh, yeah. I, I, I definitely agree um, I work a corporate job that just corporate um, but I feel like <laughs> my whole time I'm there I'm thinking about like my creative endeavors outside of work. Ooh, same. And I'm just like, okay, so like, this is, I know this is not forever. This is not a permanent position because God didn't give me all these blessings and gifts for me to be stuck here. Right. And they're not, and I know that I'm not in a position that is going to appreciate my gifts. And I think that's where, in terms of like moving forward and like the career, my following my career progression is, I don't want to be a place in a place where I feel like it's not moving me forward and where I want to go. You see in your progression from um, being a receptionist to a content manager to the marketing manager to, and to where you are now with Verizon, you see that longevity where it's like benefiting your career going across, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And a lot of times in our generation, people take jobs and opportunities that don't benefit their career opportunities and then you see that they're stuck in jobs and right. dead in jobs for like 20, 25 years i.e. our parents some right. parents yeah. you know they think that like working STEM jobs working for the city working for MTA working for Con Ed and all these big places is like the end all be all that's the right. grail that you should be looking towards that's you know? because our that was parents, the previous model yeah mm-hmm. for sure I was gonna say um, that's because our parents were groomed to think that you just need security right. just get job security that's it do you i don't even know how start many a family times. start a family literally my parents like gave me like the blueprint of like how they thought i should live my mm-hmm. life like you should go to school for four years graduate and then apply for the civil service exam so you can get a state job and you can just get a pension check when you turn bro. 65 and i'm like bruh i don't want to do that <laughs> that has nothing to do. like i that that sounds like a great backup and some plan. people need to do that yeah <laughs> you that's, know? that might work for some people but it's, it's it's not me but yeah people who are creatively yeah. like you know um fueled like how we mm-hmm. are that's not going to to fill it's not gonna work at no. all mm-hmm. yeah so i just i oh one thing i did want to say too is a, a piece of advice i can give to people is really look at your like look at your life as like a game of chess because at the end of the day, yes, chess piece. Julian wow. just showed. You already recognized it. Julian Man, just showed his chess piece saying. last two on she his forearm. She realized it was a chess piece off He's very excited. Wait, she didn't know? No, because every time she looks at it, she doesn't think that it's a chess piece. What do you think it looks like? Like a glob. <laughs> like a glob. <laughs> but no, literally, your life is a chess move because I really... Th- Moving down here, oh my gosh, I was so resistant because I was like, I don't want to move to New York. Like, there is nothing for me there. It's congested. And I for damn sure ain't moving to a job or moving for a job that I have to be an admin when I was working as, like, a coordinator. Yeah. But I really had to, like, set my pride aside and think, like, you know what, Simone? No. This is a move. This is a power move for you to um, launch into something else. Like, mm-hmm. look at this job as a launching pad. And had I not taken that, I might not be here. Mm-hmm. I might still be in Albany working my little rinky-dink job and thinking like looking at people on social media like oh my god their life's so cool like mm-hmm. i wish i could live that life and now i'm living that life that like I you saw was so yeah cool. i mean even though now being in this position i'm like oh my god i'm fucking tired like oh, yeah. it's exhausting but at the end of the day like i know that i'm when i look back at it i'm gonna be so proud of the things that i've done and the mm-hmm. things that i've accomplished just because I was able to put myself in a position where I can have access to all of these things that I didn't have back at home. Mm-hmm. No, I definitely agree. Like for me, I my my parents are polar opposites in terms of like thought process. Like my mom, she went to school, she got a job with the city with um, human resources. She worked. 25 years ended up being the deputy regional director for hra when she retired and her thought was like once i graduated college julian you need to apply to hra so you can get a job versus my dad 
my dad is a musician. My dad is a creative. Mm-hmm. So he understands oh, that. that he understands what I'm trying to do. And everything that he does is like encouraging like, Julian, you got to do this or doing that. So for him, it's like, I just want you to be happy. You know yeah. what I mean? And my mom was like, well, like music may not pay the bills right now but like it's gonna get you there you know like referencing like my dad when they they had me he went out and got a real job and um not to say music is not a real job because he worked in music and the um his stem job or whatever but she was saying you know sometimes you got to game plan it where while you're working on music you also got to have a real job you got to be able to support yourself and it could fuel that Uh and i i perfect position where my main job has fueled everything Roundtable has done in the past four years of its existence. You know what I mean? Paying for events, paying for the venues, doing everything. You know what I mean? And it's like, wow, what if I was out here just relying on music to pay for all that stuff? And it's like, you'd be, you'd be struggling. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, you got to kind of take those opportunities, game plan it. Like you said, think of it as a chess move. Um, be smart with the way that you think. You know what I mean? And I, I think that all comes out to do with your, your comfort zone. And that's something I talked about on Motivational Monday this week. It's like, you think that breaking out of your comfort zone and challenge yourself to do different things like you did is challenging yourself to move down here was like a break out of your comfort zone. But it's also about expanding your comfort zone and yeah. finding ways little by little to really put yourself out there and to grow and develop versus like, oh, I'm going to take this giant leap. You know what I mean? I'm going to be smart about it. Mm-hmm. I know what I want to do. I know what I want to accomplish. I got to oh, yeah. focus on this to kind of really open the doors to where I want to go and what I want to do. As the great Travis Scott said, nobody can press me but the press. Nobody can check me when it's chess. Wow. Oh, That's a bar. I like that. that. What song is that from? Yeah, Nobody can press me but the press. Nobody can check. Uh, uh, Houston Fornication. That's the days before rodeo. Nah, that's uh, Astro World. It is? Yep. Really? All right, I got to go back and right. listen to Astro World. <laughs> that's, that's, I wasn't listening to that song. That's the hardest song. Houston, Houston Fornication, in my opinion, is the hardest song. Oh, I like um, that one. Nobody can check that's me when it's chess. That's Instagram caption. That shit's hard, right? Yeah. Mad hard. No, I, I definitely like that. That's that's a. I'm gonna go find that lyric after this. <laughs> um, no, I think this has been a really great dialogue. Um, I really appreciate the stuff that we talked about. You know, oh yeah, I mean? of course. Yeah. Um, I think it's a level of transparency, even just like that we just don't norm- normally engage with. You know what I mean? Especially you know on a regular basis. Uh, I think it's super important to have that in our everyday culture and our everyday lives. And I just encourage you guys to be very transparent and open about yeah. the things you do. You know what I mean? Um, even just the idea of this, you know, the episode is who's seated at your table, a seat at the table, you know, like surrounding yourself with the right people, the right energy, the right moves and having those people and that energy around you to encourage you to kind of like be better and do better with what you have. And you know what I mean? And like be, be have some smart decision making behind what you're going to do. Oh, yeah. Um, And if you have any takeaway from this conversation, uh, if you have a corporate job or anything like that, quit it. um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. See the benefits that they have where you can can potentially um, (laughs) see somebody. Mm -hmm. You know, they might give you five free therapeutic therapy classes not yeah. classes honestly sessions yeah. there's therapists. a lot there's a lot of resources that people don't think about that yeah. their jobs have right um also 401k guys get mm-hmm. that shit right. that's um that's a, free yeah. money Can we talk about the benefits of working in corporate because it's truly yeah. it's really amazing like i know that we live in this like culture now where everyone's like don't work for the man just quit and go freelance yeah time. but you don't and that is the future that is that for sure like, is the future but yeah. there needs to be some sort of like I guess, security plan, you should say. Yeah, yeah. Where, like, you know, you do have your 401k, you do have um, your life savings, you do have Mm -hmm. your health insurance and health coverage, all of that. That's important because I didn't, I think it was, like, my COBRA. So for, like, the week that I was, like, unemployed before I started my new job, it would have costed me $797 a month just for health insurance alone. If I, if I was unemployed i was like so first Fuck of all God. how am how? i right how am i even making that money make if sense. i am unemployed <laughs> like it's crazy like i just i i more and if you don't have people, health insurance you have to pay more taxes at yeah, the end of the year exactly mm-hmm. like there's um, just so many things that people don't talk about that they don't teach like, you in school yeah they don't teach us this in school like more power to the people we need are more of that, that. In, on a regular basis like the, edu- the education in terms of like education needs to be modernized. financial yeah. financial management wealth yes. management um credit we talked about this in the early episodes of the show credit teaching that teaching about health insurance like they don't teach stuff that you actually need to know in us. real life it's on and, us yeah and that's why like 70 percent of americans cannot afford a 300 emergency 
Like that's, that's real true. shit, man. Oh that's God. real that's shit. Sad. Because there's no there's no savings because we don't know how to save. Yeah. And it's so, like I, I, let's really dial it back, black. People in the black community don't know how to save because mm-hmm. we've never been taught wealth management. We sure and the reason been. why we've never been taught, taught wealth management is because the man, the system, likes to pin us down as we're all poor. And this is why we always get in that kind of competition to see that show off competitions. I got to show off yep. how many mm-hmm. diamonds I have, the Jordans I have, stuff like that to show you, oh, yeah, I got it. I got money. But you also living in the projects. You right. got a Mercedes Benz, but you living but in you the projects. Right. You know what I mean? And if you don't get your son those Jordans, they're gonna be the laughing stock of the, exactly. of the school, and they're not gonna be taken seriously. Yeah. Versus and then like, they're not gonna want to go to school, and it's just a cycle. I just feel like black people, some black people, just don't invest their resources into the right things. Yeah, at all. and that's so true. And I think that all dials back on what we need in the black community and what's yeah. necessary in the black community. We need programs that are teaching. Let's like really incorporate that into high schools and middle schools. Like we're, we're literally throwing our black kids out to colleges with no knowledge whatsoever. Right. You know what I mean? Like they don't know what to do, how to do. This is their first experience by themselves, managing their own money by themselves, supporting themselves. And this is why so many black kids that go to college feel like they're crumbling while they're in college for all those four years and they feel like they don't have a support system Mm -hmm. because you're just being thrown out to the wolves and they're just like, figure it the fuck out. Right. You're on your own. Because the pressure for my parents is you need to get an education so you can get a good job. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, all you're doing is setting us up for debt Mm -hmm. and now we no longer have any kind of net worth because we constantly, we Mm -hmm. just have been racking up this sense of debt. Mm -hmm. Because the one thing too is like, I so I was fortunate enough to get a full-time scholarship Mm -hmm. for my school. But... I ended up taking out loans for my housing. Mm-hmm. If I had known that I was going to be in tens of thousands of dollars of debt just because of housing, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I would have stayed home. And unfortunately, you're lucky that it was only for housing. Yeah. Some people, there are people who, who have like a two hundred thousand dollar yeah. debt bill. Yeah, both of y'all are actually very privileged because both <laughs> of y'all went to school on full scholarships. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, nah. do you have loans? I have no loans. I was oh, yeah. lucky. My you mom, are my lucky. mom was able to pay the room and ha- housing. Okay. Definitely blessed, you know. Yeah. Um, and you got to count those blessings. For sure. Cause and you know that really like with social media, I'm always like, oh why am I why am I not where I'm at? Yeah. But you know, got with that in the back of my head, I'm like, actually, um, if I don't, since I don't have any loans, I'm better yeah. than You're like seventy well percent yeah. of other people who are struggling. Mm-hmm. Yo, P- this guy who sits next to me at my job, he's twenty eight. Pays his, his, I see him pay his student loan bill every 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 month. Oh, that's gonna be every month. One time, I don't even know the website, and I'm not trying to like flex or anything, but mm-hmm. he was like, "Oh, I'm paying this bill." He didn't say Sally Mae, but whatever other company was. Yeah. And I'm like, "Well, what is that?" He's yeah. like, "You don't know what that is." And you're only really, I mean, unless you're paying like a high amount, you're only paying the principal. Yep. Like I've been, yep. my debt hasn't gone down yep. at all since I graduated. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm stuck here, but it's literally I'm just paying like the little interest. I've been paying since I started school. Like I, I, I personally was oh, trapped like when you were in a, a while. Freshman. And so while wow. I was in school, St. Rose is terrible. I don't want to talk about it because I <laughs> hate that school. But while I was in school, they, I got swindled into a loan situation because my, my parents, I was the first to go away to school. So my, both of my parents went to school in the city. Mm. So going to CUNY is a little bit different than going away and loans. They didn't have loans back in 1985. Yeah. My yeah, grandfather yeah. paid it out of, right. out, of pocket, out of pocket, you know, for the whole year. So with that being said, when it came to me, they didn't know right, how do these loans work, what we're signing up for. And I ended up signing up for a loan that for one year cost me more money than all the rest of the loans that I had for the other three years uh-huh. of school. You know what I mean? And I didn't realize is that that loan I had to pay on it while I was in school all throughout school and then still pay on it afterwards you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and like me looking back now I have my shit together now but like I'm like wow I wish that I had somebody to tell me Julia don't make that decision because that's a bad decision it's so disgusting how like this country allows companies to just prey on an adolescent like that but but America loves debt it's fucking disgusting what amount of debt Mm -hmm. like what 18 year olds do, should not be able to make that decision. And, and, and then you go as kid class home. and just drink all night? Like, oh fuck me. America loves Golly. that. Okay, we're in what? Like $10 trillion worth yep. of debt? Oh, yep. I can't wait for the system to just glitch and just get rid of it. Like, it's it's bound to happen. Because it's so stupid that, like, once we die... Because it's not it, backed it up by away. anything. It's, it's, like, it's so just... You don't really no. that, That's why I, I'm always... So you don't really need it. I'm always I'm a person now, that but. advocates for, like... <laughs> 
money does not mean shit the way when you're alive. And the reason being is because, like, yes, you have to pay bills, but if you die tomorrow, those bills are going to go away. And yeah. they're going to find a way to transfer it onto your spouse. And that spouse is yep. going to try to find a way to pay it, but they're never going to end up paying it. And then that debt is going to get transferred. To and we're children. always consistently yeah. transferring that debt. And it happens worse in the black community than it does in white communities. Because we know why? White people have inheritance. They prepare yes. oh for their God. death. And we don't have that. We have to be the first generation to if, give generational wealth. If, like, like your parent dies, like... They might not even have enough money to pay for the funeral. Yeah, that's, 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 that's an issue too. on the regular. Is a business. A, yeah. Um, $7,000 to have a funeral on a, the, on a low tip. That's you getting cremated. $7,000 for you and to have a funeral. And $10,000 plus for you to actually have a ceremony. Fuck mm-hmm. out of here. It's because it's a, it's a hustle. Yeah. You got the church... You get the church got to get their check for hosting uh-huh. the funeral. Mm-hmm. The funeral home got to get their yeah, check. Pay for the casket. The, the casket. The coroner's got to get a check to move the body. Yeah. Okay. Then the, the person, the, the embalmer, the undertaker. The undertaker. It's, a scam. it's it's a, it's all money. You know the what I mean? The funeral home. The fucking shit. Yeah, the cars. It's capitalism. You know. But that's that's America, and like yeah. we don't have this is America. We don't have <laughs> that system created for our kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I pray that you know God puts me in a position that when uh, we have kids, smile with you, um, that we can be able to leave our kids in inheritance to leave yeah. them with something more than what our parents left us. And that's why also that at twenty five, you should also be looking into life insurance. Yeah. Realistically right. speaking. Right. Because yeah. your life, you know, you don't know what happens. I just today is the first time I realistically thought about it when I, it came on the benefits page. It's like, do you want to sign up for life insurance? And I was like, do I want to sign up for life insurance? Do I need life insurance for twenty five? But God forbid that I pass tomorrow. You know what I mean? You, I want to leave some sure your Parents still have you on. Yeah, but hopefully, I, I have no. My parents still have me on, and I'm twenty six. But mm. I mean, I would sit like when I was talking to my parents about it. They were like, you know, maybe like. Later 20s, so I'm inching to later 20s. Mm-hmm. You should consider getting your own. But I think we are still covered. I think, you know, you're engaged. Um, yeah, I want to leave oh, something yeah. oh my God. My, it doesn't, seem, it doesn't seem like it's ending anytime soon. So I think life insurance is an excellent investment. You never know. God forbid something happens to you. Yeah. Allison is going to be straight. God, or, she, you know. or she might kill me for the life insurance money. <laughs> They'll find out, yo. They'll find out. <laughs> Look at her. She's smiling. They'll find out. They'll definitely find out. But not loans, all that. That's indentured servitude, modern day slavery, yeah. and, and to a certain extent, not That's like prison, but it, yeah. it's indentured servitude. You gotta work forty years to, so I can get off your back, maybe forty. Uh-huh. Um, and if you die, I'll just give it to your kid. Man, that's it's ridiculous. It's fucked up. That's how it is. In that's why I'm. Not, I, I came to a point where I'm like, I'm not living for money. Like if I'm, if I don't have money, if I'm struggling, I'm not gonna worry about the money because of the fact that money comes and goes. Mm-hmm. I think that's the the biggest lesson that my dad has taught me is that money comes and goes. He's like, you can have a thousand dollars in your pocket tomorrow. And then the next day you have a dollar or the next day you have nothing. You know what I mean? It's money is going to continuously come and go on out of your life. It's, you're going to yeah. have it. You're going to be on top of the world. Sometimes you're not going to be on top of the world. But the, remember to keep living through the fact that you don't have that money. You know the money I mean? already exists. You just somehow got to get it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the hustle. Preach. <laughs> Mogul talk. Mogul talk. Well, we thank you guys for tuning in to episode 212. Longest episode, I believe. Uh, nah, it's actually going to pay fan out to like, I would say, 50 minutes. It's actually yeah, it's longest, longest episode. episode. Yeah. Yay, uh, two weeks ago was our yeah. longest episode, and now we beat that. Wow, this is a record. I feel like um, Meredith Gray, when she had the longest surgery at Gray Sloan. Um, and then she just fell after? Yeah, and she just collapsed. It was like 26 <laughs> hours or something like that. That ass. Um, but no, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. I, I want to thank you, Simone, for coming in on the podcast. We thank appreciate you. you. Great dialogue. Oh, yeah. Um, if you want to tell us where to find you, what's coming up, this is your plug, this is your moment. Yes. Um, so you can find me on Instagram via dot Simone, V I A dot S I M O N E, Twitter via Simone underscore. You can listen to the podcast on Bonnets and Deer. Oh, the podcast is called Bonnets and Deer Eggs and Pillow Talk Podcast. You can listen to it on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to follow our social pages, that is Bonnets, Durags, B-O-N-N-E-T-S, D-U-R-A-G-S on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Beautiful. And you know the vibes. You can find us 
the Mogul Talk Boys at Instagram, Mogul Talk Podcast, and on Twitter, Mogul Talk Pod. Um, got good news, I would say. We are now Beautiful. on Spotify. Thank you guys. And Google yes. Podcasts. Thanks to you guys. Thanks to you guys. Um, Shout out you know, to Joe Budden is on Spotify. We, so we, we practically Joe Budden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We're we just not going to get caught up and get, you know, in trouble. Never that. We're Never do that. The right thing. We ain't Jason Mitchell. You know, never yes, that. yes. Um, but yeah, you can check check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, Stitcher. the whole nine yards, any major is podcasting stream. It, it is on Amazon. Wow. Any major podcasting Wait, streaming. Nobody yeah, really uses it. it. Is, yeah. What kind of sucks on though, low. about Amazons? Like, I guess not through Anchor. The more podcasts you have, the more data you, you have to pay more, mm-hmm. which sucks. Uh, um, versus yeah. the other ones, you don't have maintenance. You have, don't have to worry about maintenance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess that's why not many people use it. Yeah. I don't. I don't know anybody out here using Amazon Music. Yeah. Neither do I. Yeah, no. Neither do I. I even tell Alexa to not turn on the Amazon Music. Like use anything else but Amazon Music. Okay. <laughs> that has. Um, also, Jeff Bezos doesn't need any more money. Sure okay? doesn't. <laughs> For real. Did you hear that his wife um, is donating half of, half of her money? Yeah. And we were talking about that a couple of weeks ago. But she already, and then she's gonna be fine because. Her other half is probably it's, stock, Amazon mm-hmm. stock, yeah. and that's always going to increase forever. And they don't have any children. Yeah. They beautiful. don't? They don't have no children. What? I'm like, where is your money going? That's Please. crazy. Give it to the needy. Seriously. That's going to be me. No one she man should have all that power. College debt. No one man should have all but that But you know, that, actually, speaking of the college debt, because we didn't talk about that, they said that it is a good thing, but it's also a bad thing. Because the person that gets their college debt eliminated, they're still going to have to pay the tax on that college Because it's considered earned income. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. So, for instance, all it's a little bit worse for the, all the guys that got it from Morehouse. Mm-hmm. They're going to end up having to pay, if they their debt is like anywhere between 100000 and 200000 they're going to have to pay $60,000 tax on that $100,000. And over time, it's a little bit more crucial than... Um, dealing with a student loan lender because it's straight directly from the IRS. IRS. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I did not know it's that. Gonna be a, it's a document called a 1099C. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And the fucked up thing about that, I mean, I guess if you speak to IRS, but they expect that payment right away, the IRS, unless you talk to them. Wait, so you're going to hand over 60 stacks? In depending the on the percentage. Depending year. on the percentage. Um, no way. Uh-uh. That's, that's what I know, because that's how it works with credit I card debt. I would have told that man, uh uh-uh, let me pay my loans, bye. That's Thank how you. it works with credit card debt. Like, if you get forgiven, they still make you pay a uh, percentage on that, because it's considered earned income, Yeah. Um, which is fucked up. You know the IRS. I, yeah. They don't play. Um, yeah. and, and it was crazy about student loan debt. It's the only loan or debt that you can't file for bankruptcy. You can file bankruptcy for your house, for mm-hmm. your car loan, for your credit card debt, and it'll get wiped out. But you can't wipe your health, loan. your health bill. Um, but student loan debt, nope, it'll still be there. I know that we're trying to end the episode, but I really <laughs> feel strongly about this. No, hell yeah, me too. How important do you think education really is? Because I'm on social media right now, and I'm seeing everyone hashtag mastered it, hashtag just got my master's, master's mommy. And I'm just looking at everyone. I'm so happy for them. Yeah, and yeah. I'm thinking like, yo, your debt bill mm-hmm. is insane. I already know. A, a lot of people kind of like forward that debt so they don't have to address their... They're like, let me keep studying. For, for, keep studying so they don't have to address their debt. You, you are. Yeah. You are. Realistically speaking, I think that America is kind of forcing the need of education because it's the next big business. It's the next big area where more companies are going to come out. They're going to have more lenders and stuff like that. Um, it's the next kind of, it's the next frontier. Education is the next frontier. So they're kind of forcing us to say, first, before you can get a high school degree and you can go and do anything. First, now you have to get a bachelor's yeah, degree. Like and now a bachelor's that. degree doesn't even have any validation yeah, anymore. Yeah, it's like the equivalent of a high school bachelor's degree. Bachelor's degree is five years of experience. Yeah. Where am I supposed to get the experience right. from? So now <laughs> go get your master's. Now you have the experience. And then now. But then you're struggling for those entry level jobs. Because, mm-hmm. like, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, go but ahead. I just was thinking about how, like, before moving to New York, my biggest thing was I'm going to go to grad school. I'm going to apply for Georgetown. I'm going to move to DC. I'm going to get my degree in integrated marketing communications so I can work this digital marketing job. Yeah. But then when I was talking to some people, some people were like, yeah, get your master's. Some people were like, no, just keep working in the field and get Mm -hmm. the experience. I literally am not even trying to flex. I have gotten further and probably make way more money than anybody who has gotten master's right now. Mm Because I know people who have their master's degree in marketing and make half of the amount that I make. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no. And it's just like, 
I feel, I feel my heart goes out to them because it's like, yo, you literally just put like a hundred thousand dollar bill mm -hmm. onto your name bread so, yeah just so you can be like okay now i can get that management job but when you get it like i realized like when you are in your bachelor's program and you go immediately to your master's program you really don't have any experience mm -hmm. so you no. have no choice but to start in the entry level point mm -hmm. and that can be deflating because you feel like wow i've worked entirely too hard mm -hmm. to be grabbing coffee for it, it definitely depends beauty, like know? if you're doing chemical engineering then yeah, it's true. worth it that's but true. i guess you're doing like, if, if you're, no but if, yeah if you're going for media social media mm -hmm. get your masters nah in that case it matters who you know not it's what you know. yeah um it doesn't matter who you know when it comes to chemical engineering if you don't know how to do whatever job, the fuck you got to do, do it, yeah. you're not going to be able to do it um but if you know someone like hey can you give me this hookup and it's social media and you know something You'll be fine, and then That's you'll true. be able to excel mm -hmm. yeah. um, and go places. Um, like, uh, there's a DJ called Cuppy. Uh, she stays in Britain mostly, but she comes from a uh, Nigerian billionaire dad. Wow. And now she's out here just DJing. She don't got to work or anything. She mm -hmm. um, never, never at all. Uh, it just matters who you know. It's for so, some yeah. things. For some yeah, things. For some things yeah. um, but you got to weigh the benefits, like... Uh, if you have already 200k, why would you want to add? Mm -hmm. And there's no guarantee that I get this English major. Yeah. If I get this English major, that this I'm is gonna, gonna pay off. I mean, think about it for like doctors. And then you, I'm just gonna become a who go who go and take like yes. two hundred thousand dollars worth of loans. And there's some doctors that don't pay off their loans until they're 10, 12 years well, yeah. into the degree. You and know what I mean? And they're working 80 hours a week mm -hmm. just to pay that. And yeah. doctors actually are really bad at saving mm -hmm. because since they went through all that grueling work, they feel they deserve to do anything. Yep. Yeah. You go on vacations and they won't save. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, you know, it's they a, have some it's of a paradox spending, yeah. uh, that exists because like, I'm working these 80-hour 80, 80 shifts. Like, fuck it. Like, I'm going to go and buy the Aston yeah. Martin. And that's why you see right. doctors with the craziest cars right. in the penthouse. Because it's a reward to them. Rooms. They're like, I deserve. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, uh, like Mama yeah. D, I deserve. <laughs> <to be laughs> Hell yeah. Mama D. <laughs> That's but I, I promise you, there's doctors in credit card debt too. Like, yeah, you know, um, it's crazy. Um, in America, but yeah, we're gonna actually end the episode. <laughs> Sorry, um, nah, no, nah. It's, look, the it's dialogue beautiful. is beautiful. It's we can't. Um, but if you want to find out all the extra information, you can definitely go back and hear it. Uh, once again, you are tuned into Mogul Talk. We appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you once again, Simone, for tuning, uh, coming into the show. Um, thank you guys. Uh, this is your boy Church. Follow me on No Church in the City. Um, and yeah. This is your boy I Am King Jules. Oh, my name is not I Am King Jules. My name is King Jules. Um, I am. But King you can follow me at I Am King Jules. You know the vibes. It's lit. All right, later. Peace. Bye.